0: Welcome to the Thought Leader Podcast,
1: where from time to time, I'm Dr. Kent. And I'm Randy Baker. And we usually try to find some interesting places to go. Um, Today, I'm going to head east and Dr. Kent is going to head south. And somewhere we're going to meet up in Atlanta. It was fun after the call we had a,
0: a little bit more time to catch up but uh, at the very end we talk about Angie McDonald's real name which is pretty cool. It's a cool story I hope that she in fact gets to meet up with her doppelganger sometime down the road
1: That would be just awesome and you know I, I don't want to talk about depressing type conversations and this was far from it but we did tackle some very interesting and difficult things that people go through in their lives.
0: Yeah, and I especially love talking with folks who are very clear on what they, what they do with people and, and um, this conversation, you know, if you're listening for anything folks out there, listen for how, how simply Angie thinks about the work she does. It's really wonderful when we run across that. People just know who their audience is and kind of what they need.
1: Yeah, and they know what words to use. Um, It's fabulous. So here we are. Here's Angie McDonald, and away we go with our interview. Hello, Angie. Nice to
0: see you. And um, I have to say, you look very similar to your picture on the back wall, so, so listeners can't see you. But there's a, a really nice uh, book cover enlarged on the back wall. What
2: is um, that? It's a part of just showing folks who's behind Wounded to Wonderful. So, yeah, it's a part of the back cover of my book. Um, <laughs> but it's also my business card. It's just me wherever I go and do my speaking engagements or serving anywhere.
0: So what? how do you feel about the color blue? Because it's a beautiful blue. The,
2: the color blue is my favorite color. As you can see, I'm wearing shades of it right now. It brings about a calm and um just a sense of peace and awareness that i've always identified with so blue is my thing and i think whatever i'm bringing to the table um always brings a sense of calm and resolve to my audience or my clients so yeah i just roll with it i love
0: that i love that and did you inherit that uh where did you inherit that from from what in your surroundings or did you did you have that calm despite some craziness where, where did that come from
2: well I am a fan of the ocean and bodies of water especially if it has something to do with the Caribbean and the turquoise and the, those kind of blues oh yeah that scenery has been such a calming source of you know helping me to overcome what I've gone through and yes I've had some serious storms that that same ocean can possibly cause but with widowhood and overcoming that and mental distress and just be, now becoming an advocate to these type of women and people, that blue and that water and that calmness definitely comes in handy.
0: And <laughs> uh, I love thinking about the bodies of water. And there are kind of two types of people, people who who are obsessed with water and those who are obsessed with mountains. There's mm-hmm. kind of like, I, I've, I've found there are kind of those two types of people where if you don't have water, you feel stressed, and, or others who don't have mountains, they feel stressed. So I love, I love thinking about that. If you are calm, mm-hmm. if you are the calm, you are the calm ocean for people, uh, who, you know? who are you trying to be that for and why?
2: Well, I try to be that for primarily women, but I've noticed a lot of men have been coming to me who have gone through severe losses Definitely a loss of a spouse, that was me. A loss of a way of living or your norm. Loss of a significant career change, me as well. That's who I'm trying to be that calm for, bringing that sense of tranquility in the transitional phase of those different life circumstances. So that's who I have been aiming to serve and have been serving. I'm so grateful to have been trusted with this assignment for about six and a half years now
0: and the word wounded mm-hmm. uh is a big part of your brand and it's uh it's such a fascinating word yeah that we don't we don't use in everyday speech that often right we we mm-hmm. don't say i'm well we have like the walking wounded we talk about wounded warriors we talk about wounded animals
2: yeah
0: what does the word mean to you uh, cuz it's it's an extraordinary word
2: oh it definitely is and I struggled with the play of words and how I should brand um, my service, and wounded came to me as a result of um, the different injuries, physical injuries that I've sustained from childhood up until my adulthood, being clumsy. And the wounds I've come across emotionally, I was able to relate them to the physical that I've endured. And I have a sister who's a wound care nurse, and she loves talking about her wound cases, and she would talk about the different things that she would have to apply to these wounds for healing and the different types of wounds. It could be a jagged uh, laceration, it could be a deep puncture wound, it could be a blunt force wound. And she would be so intricate about how she would have to treat each one. And I'm a very, you know, I'm an imaginative person. So I would think about what she's saying, make a visual, and I said, wow, I can apply that emotionally, mentally, and spiritually to the people that I've served based on my experiences. So wounded, Definitely uh, collaborates with what I've experienced, what I've seen, what I've felt, but then it transitions to something beautiful, wonderful. Because now I can tell you how I've overcome that wound, and even show you my scar and say, "You know what I did? What I got? How I taken? You know how I was able to take care of this wound?" That's what I plan to do, and every time I interact with someone.
0: Interesting. It's the we live in a society that is. Obsessed with you know sort of video game uh, gore and TV gore and all of that, but when it comes to actual sort of wounds, we're all kind of squeamish. Like my my kind of like my dog who who whines if you touch his paw. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like the he's a crybaby in a way. But but we we as a society trust nurses and trust doctors to. Yeah do those hard tasks that we, we don't, you know, I've, I, I don't sew up my own stuff. I, I go <laughs> running mm-hmm. to the doctor, right? So very interesting concept. Yeah. How do you turn helping people? I mean, we're all wounded in different ways. How do you, how do you turn that into a business? Um, how have you kind of stumbled into that piece of things?
2: I've noticed most directly with my inner circle when I realized that I had to make a narrative out of my experiences that a lot of people didn't feel safe in sharing their wounds, the wounds that they've experienced. And and if they did, there was a lot of trepidation, a lot of fear in being able to share it without sense of judgment, feeling judged, feeling ostracized, which I've definitely felt through my widowhood journey. And I said, you know what, I'm a person full of empathy naturally and I made it my personal duty to create a safe space for these individuals to find someone or for me to just be available for them to share their ideas, their thoughts, their fears, their experiences without the fear of judgment or feeling you know rejected or looked at in a certain way that would make them feel squeamish to ever wanna open their mouth again. So Wounded Too Wonderful is a safe place uh, for individuals to share their stories and their wounds. And I do my best to offer the solution to those wounds.
1: So, Angie, I'm, I'm a little bit interested in in you. We have a world where, and it's always been this way, where everybody is in transition all of the time. Mm-hmm. The things you've mentioned, um, wounds, widowhood, everybody who is alive has lost somebody close to them at some point during their life. Mm-hmm. But not everybody needs help getting through it. Mm-hmm. So what do you see as the difference between those who need help to get through it and those who don't. And when did you realize you had that gift to step into that that gap, that that chasm between the two?
2: Oh, great question. The significant difference between the two, the ones that do not need help getting through it, is that they have a healthy sense of awareness and acknowledgement of reality maybe because they may have experienced it enough to learn self-coping mechanisms to process through it. The ones where I I end up supporting are the ones who have not completely dived into uh, a healthy sense of self-awareness or are stuck in vicious cycles or hold themselves hostage to the situation, to the memory, to the loss And that can be diabolical to anyone's mental health, physical health, and just emotional well-being. So I've noticed the difference because I was one who was able to process things over at one time. But when widowhood, a certain part of my widowhood struck me to the core, I found myself in a vicious cycle, not wanting to let go of the memory. I stayed Mm -hmm. married to the memory of Mm -hmm. my late husband rather than celebrating it, rather than celebrating who he was to my children, to myself, and to the community that we were loved by. So that was the stark difference, that I now use that to now externally identify those individuals going through the same self-sabotage.
1: And so what was the process for you to come to that understanding that this is what you were doing? Because I, it's beautiful what you said. I absolutely mm-hmm. love that. Um, I also, was also widowed, and I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But our listeners would love to understand the process of of how you evolved through that understanding and that sense of reality and knowing what it was that you were doing so that you could change it.
2: Oh, boy. When I made a fairy tale of of the life that I've envisioned for my children and I. I started to, I had strong goals in the beginning of my widowhood, like, you know, we're going to get through this. I have these visions for my daughters and for myself to overcome. But when I realized I was hitting a roadblock is when that vision started to become a fairy tale. I started to distance myself away from that reality of completely being healed and learning to have a healthy sense of uh, retrospect for his memory. And I started to have unnecessary pity parties. I became associated with loss. I talk about it in my book where I have a very strong village. Although my uh, situation was unique to my village, I was the youngest in my entire community and circle to ever had gone through that. They started to no longer recognize who I was. And I had a family member say to me, she's my firecracker, my sister, said to me, it looks like someone is getting associated with loss. Like you're enjoying the idea of losing now because it seems easier. And that struck a chord in me to not want to be associated with that. That made me angry at first, but then it jolted me to say this isn't Angie that spoke about the great future she had for her children and overcoming this and having a healthy sense of self after his loss, after my loss of Mark. And that's what woke me up when my village started to notice that I was separating myself from what could be accomplished and getting too comfortable with loss.
1: So you are fortunate to have a very powerful sister who was able to speak truth Ooh, in love. Yeah. Not everybody has that. Mm-hmm. Not everybody realizes they need that. How can, from the outside, if we, if we have a close friend that is going through that, is that the sorts of words that they need to hear? Words that you heard?
2: <laughs> no, yours, your circle or your village would have to know you to be able Mm -hmm. to have that level of comfort to say something like that. My sister, she's known as the firecracker in the family. She shoots before she speaks, you know, and I've known that was her personality. So I was able, behind the being jolted and behind being, you know, angry and ready to, like, put him up, sister. (laughs) I knew that was her personality and that was her love language to me. So not everyone would have that. Not everyone um, would respond well to that. So it's all dependent on your village and your circle, and how you're able to interpret how they say things to you. Even in a you know a cloud of grief, something should be able to penetrate that and give you a sense that this person is saying it out of love. They may not fully understand, but they love me.
0: That's that's remarkable. I think. Um... Thanks. <laughs> taking loss and kind of flipping it upside down into something that is not only um helping others but is is a business that helps you drive forward and we've seen it often right It seems like a lot of folks go through something and then want to help others so something happens to somebody medically and then they want to do that with their lives you know when they're a kid yeah so what what uh is your message to i guess every entrepreneur out there who maybe they've been wounded in different ways, or they've had losses, they've had failures, all of that. What, what's your message to those folks as they're building out something?
2: All right, well, the three words that has taken on the, I would say, encased my brand are heal, grow, and discover. Healing is essential in any life situation, any life change, and that's, Important because when we heal, that I would say strongly encourages us and/or behooves us, as a professor of mine used to love to say, it behooves us to grow. Because once healing is intentional and accomplished, then you're excited for life all over again. You have a new thirst for life, a quest for life, I would say. And you would want to grow, you want to branch out, you want to explore your whys and your hows. And with doing that, you inevitably fall into the role of wanting to discover, discover more of who you are, who you can be, and how you can be of service. To entrepreneurs, I'm now writing a book for a publisher in Denmark on emotional recovery for executives and for leaders. And resilience, of course, that's the the main topic here, how to remain buoyant in critical times how to regain that sense of balance and self, to hone in and rediscover your core when you are bogged down with life changes, a pandemic, significant loss of loved ones due to the pandemic. How can I remain buoyant in this time? And it's because uh, I, I was able to do that when I was stretched thin with having to do grief coaching more than I've ever done in this last year. Well, I had to really dig in and rediscover my why. And had to have that narrative over again in my mind, Angie, 2009 was the pivotal year when you lost everything, but it was actually the year of seeds being planted for moments like this. And I want every entrepreneur to remember that moment of the seeds being planted, of you making that investment, of you making that first best step of doing whatever it is that you do now and grow from that.
0: That idea of buoyancy is amazing. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of in the business of listening to what people say and, and and so on and hearing something that's different. Buoyancy is different. I love that word just because the first image I had in my brain was, I don't know, like one of those um, <laughs> floaties you have on top of a pool and yes. you're trying to push it down below the water and it won't go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what a cool concept, buoyancy. Mm-hmm. Go a little deeper into that and and why that word is important to you? Because, I mean, you started out talking about oceans and water and blue. Ah. Obviously, buoyancy is related. So what, what is that? What is buoyancy to you?
2: Absolutely. Right, on the, right in the vein there. Um, buoyancy definitely took me back to that same body of water that can be peaceful, tranquil, but uh, when it's hurricane season or typhoon season, depending on where in the world you are, that water can become your worst enemy but it's there, unavoidable. It's a majority of what makes a planet Earth. And that's what life is. Life can be that ocean that can bring you tranquility, but when life really wants to talk to you, it'll start rustling your feathers, it'll start getting tumultuous and a little turbulent. But the thing with buoyancy, and that's the same thing I saw when I had my aha moment on the beach in Jamaica about seven years ago, I saw that float that would border the beach from public sea. And I saw when a storm was coming in and the wind was getting a little too much for me, but I saw that thing go left, right, all different directions, wherever the water took it, it went, it leaned and rocked into that direction, but it never went under. And that spoke volumes to me. Like Angie, sometimes the water will get rough. You can rock with it, you can flow with it, go in the direction it might have you sing, ouch. But you kind of rock with it while you're you're saying, ouch, but never go under. Because when you, again, tap in to that core why, that core essence of who you were designed to be, that level of resilience, I equate it with buoyancy, will not allow you to go under, but create a rhythm and a pattern and a movement that as these storms come, I like to talk about taking notes. I take notes from my storms. What, what type of weather, what type of wind change can I look out for to know that when this thing is switching up on me, how can I be able to navigate these waters without going under? And that's the type of conversations I like to bring to the clients I serve.
1: So this has been really good. We'd like to keep our interviews relatively short and punchy, and you've <laughs> certainly been punchy, which is awesome. You've had Uh-oh. some great <laughs> ideas in there that are really good. Thank you. So, um, couple of quick final questions. You've made it very clear what you are able to do and and how you do it. Mm -hmm. Who would you really like to connect with and how can they do that?
2: Okay. Well, I'd like to connect with anyone who is ready to heal, grow and discover and just find that place of continued quest for life and all that it has to offer. I can be found at my website, wounded.com the number two, wonderful.com, LinkedIn. You can find me at uh, Angie McDonald. My first name is a little tricky. So if you know Angie McDonald, you'll see my name in Angie in parentheses, McDonald. My Instagram is I am Angie McDonald or Wounded to Wonderful Coaching. And I think that's about it. Yeah. And I have a Facebook page, Wounded to Wonderful uh, of I Am Consulting, my parent company. You can find me on Facebook there.
0: So I love that. And I... I was going to go there, and you already sort of hinted at it. Your name is really interesting. So Angie, of course, is mm-hmm. the easy way for us to refer to you. Mm-hmm. But I'm very curious as to the the story of your name, how to pronounce it, and, <laughs> you know, it's been such a pleasure to chat with you. This has been a blast.
2: Oh, likewise, Kent. It's Angerette, actually. Angerette, and I think I'm the second person, I Googled it a couple years ago, only two of us have that exact spelling in the world. I hope you know the other one. Um from what I heard, my sister f- knew someone distant um, in our hometown uh, after they migrated to the United States and I believe her name was Angerette. Not sure if it's the same spelling. You
0: have to have coffee sometime. I it's, hope th- I find her. It's a requirement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Thank Very you. Very cool. Well, your your ideas are unique. I'll keep with me the 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 concepts around water and blue and just a beautiful thing and thanks mm-hmm. so much for what you do and for talking with us
2: sure thing Kent pleasure take care
1: well thank you angie i really appreciate that i i kind of want to call you andrewette because i really like that name it's really pretty and i really hope that one day you actually get to meet the person who also has your name and i have to say
0: you know very very intrigued by the calm you bring and i just i'm going to keep with me the idea of that sort of distant blue ocean when i you know think back on this conversation so this is really fun and if you are lost in a big wide ocean
1: start calling randy's name and you can find me at thoughtpartnergroup.com. I've got bionic ears, so I'm sure I'll hear you if you yell loud enough.
0: Yeah, with, with Randy's omniscient ears and his omniscient second and third fingers, he will pluck you up out of that metaphorical ocean and give you a little tickle behind the ear.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll work
0: out what's going on and we'll fix your business. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> <laughs>